0: Were you uh, warmly welcomed when you walked in today? Yeah? It's a powerful thing to be seen, isn't it? We're constantly reminding all of us what it means to be a city within a city an altar in Alternate Chicago. And I don't know about you, but when I walk around this city, sit in coffee shops more times than that i don't feel seen we live in a culture where we pass right by each other and there are rarely times that we feel seen so when there's a glimpse or a moment when someone sees us something happens internally i I share all this to say this uh we're not a huge church we're not a small church but or the kind of church in which it's easy for someone to come here on a Sunday morning and leave without ever feeling like they were seen by even a single person. My hope and my prayer for our community always is that we would be a church, whether you know somebody or not, if you don't know them, look into their eyes and say, hey, good morning, welcome. And we would be this alternate city in a small way by Creating moments where people feel seen because they don't in their cubicles, they don't in their workplaces, they don't in their neighborhoods, they don't in their schools. Church, are you hearing me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. May we be a church where people feel seen from the quietest to the loudest among us. There are some weird scripture passages um, that if you stop for moments and think, by the way, uh, I'm, I'm trying this new technological thing. So James, help me God. <laughs> I know, it's a weird sentence because I talk too fast and I was like, James, I hope this works. Help me God. But I said, James, help me God. So um, here's one of them. So, so your pastor's is going to try and do this phone thing, okay? Here's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. It says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. And then the following words. Now, choose life. Choose life, went off. Choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen. I'm gonna let whoever's back there do this and I'm just gonna focus on preaching. (laughs) Choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him. My question is, why would God even have to say to his people, choose life? Why would God have to say anybody choose life? Who in the world would choose death? I'll tell you exactly who. You do. I do. Question. How many times did this week do we make choices and decisions that cause death? envy jealousy resentment anger bitterness broken relationships how often question have we chosen decisions this week just this week where we chose death and god says in no uncertain terms you have a choice to choose life choose those things that give life that lead to flourishing of your souls, peace, love, joy, compassion, mercy, justice, or you and I could choose death. I think Jesus had the same idea in John 10 when he says, what, I have come that you may have saved with me life and have it to the full. He's saying you and I have a choice to choose death. Those things that result in death or choose life. Church, I wanna say something today. CC, this is the Holy Spirit working. Choose Jesus. Say yes to Jesus, amen? Yeah. Choose surrender over control. Oh. Choose willingness. Someone said this thing last week, it's so powerful. She said, Pastor Peter, where we work, we don't distinguish willingness and unwillingness. She says we, Choose willingness or, check this out, willfulness. You could choose control or surrender. You could choose letting go or you could choose holding on. You could choose my way or you could choose God's way. You choose life or death every single. And he says, choose life. Don't choose death. Choose life. We're starting a journey. We began it last week. Surprised to see a lot of you guys back, given uh, how broken and messed up your past is. Journey towards your true self is where we're going. And I would say this, I would say this, I would say that, 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 that there is no more powerful way to choose life than to choose out of your true self. See, see, there is no true, there is no better way to choose life than to live out of your, and the opposite is true, there is no better way, check this out, to choose death than to live out of a false self. It's about on the same page. In case you're like, true self, false self, that that feels a little, I don't know, biblical. False self is what the New Testament refers to as the old man, the old self, the old life. And for some of us that grew up in churchy cultures, the flesh. That's still true today. Yes, it is. The flesh. And if you live out of a false self, this is you. You're agitated, you're grasping, you're foolish, and you're afraid. Question, think of some bad decisions you made this week. Look at that list. How many of those decisions were made when you were agitated? Anybody? How many were made when you were grasping? never grasping is i'm never content i'm never content i need more i need uh, how many of those decisions were made when we were foolish how many of those decisions were made when we were afraid see what. I we call sin I would say is just the symptoms of living out of a false self which means you can't just address the symptoms you have to address what the root issue the root issue is you and I living out of our false self and the Bible says over and over again listen to this this is if you need to go early get the the Bible says over again that agitated grasping foolish afraid that that's not the real you Child of God, that agitated that that doesn't proceed out of your. And the Old Testament and the New Testament says over and over and over and over again that is not you. Satan has you believing that's you because that's how you are. It is not you. Colossians three three. Paul says, "For you died. Why to this life? That is not you." You died to this life and the real you, the real life, is hidden with Christ in God. Your true self is the you that is hidden with Christ in God. This is your truest and your deepest identity. You and I are so one with Jesus that everything that is true of Jesus, good Lord God, is true of us. everything that is 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 that like i don't believe it so or is that like that's too amazing so i'm just thinking on that right now this past week i put my baby sophie to bed and, and and as i was putting covers over i said sophie do you know that when god thinks of you he thinks of jesus do you know that everything that is true what what god says about jesus god says about you and she said no like, no, it's true. Really, Daddy? Really? The true you? You're so one with Christ, God says, hidden with Christ, that everything that is true of Jesus is true. If this is good news, say amen. The true you, when God thinks of you, Love swells in his heart and a smile comes on his face. God loves you with a passionate, absorbed interest. Have you claimed the truth of that? Have you, and I claim the truth of that. One more passage, Ephesians four twenty-two. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. That's not you anymore, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires and to put on the new you, the true you, the true self created to be like God. We could be like God. Holy cow, we could be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And just to be clear, Paul says you have a choice. You could live out of your false self. And choose death. Or you can live out of your new true self. And choose life. Don't fool. Don't, I know some of us sitting here going, Satan has me believing. I don't have a choice. I don't, you have a choice. And your true self, and we'll talk more about this in coming weeks, you're calm, you're content, you're wise, and you're unafraid. Does that sound like the kind of life you want to live? Yes? Yeah. Teachers, imagine you being this in your classroom. (laughs) Parents, imagine you being this with your children. Husbands and wives, imagine you being this with your spouses. Child of God, imagine you being this in your workplace. This is who you really are in your deepest, truest identity. And you hear a voice in your head that says it can't be true because that's not who you are, that's not my experience. It might be true for some, but it's not true for me. Can I just say this for like 30 seconds? You and I have a choice. We could either submit scripture to our experience and interpret scripture according to it, or as a Christian you go, how do I interpret my experience in light of what scripture says? We can go, that's not how I feel. So Bible can't be true, or we can go, this is what scripture says, now how do I make sense of this? In the temptation narrative of Jesus, this is what we're going to just go for today, which we've looked at over and over again. It was, by the way, the passage that I meditated on for seven months but it's not going to be that good of a sermon, even though i meditated for like seven months, okay? So don't get your hopes up by like, wow, it must be amazing, seven months. And in this narrative, there are three lies, three lies that we believe that causes us to live out of a false self, three lies. I like the metaphor of a mask. These are masks that we wear when we believe these lies. Now check this out. We initially wear these masks so we can control how other people see us eventually do you know what happens we come to believe the same lies eventually you and I wear these things we want to control how people see us but eventually we choose to believe the lies it's like the role that we play becomes our identity and then we at some point go which is true which is false which is me which is not me that's why when you first Come to awaken of this, you will go like whoa, 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 what is me, what is not? Now here's the thing. Spiritual journey is about you and I stop polishing that mask. Stop polishing that mask. Spiritual journey and transformation is about you going, I'm gonna take this off. You and I walked in here today, polishing that mask Monday through Saturday. When are you gonna put that aside? Here are the three lies. And I have a challenge for you at the end. Surprise, Peter's back. I have a challenge for you at the end. Here's the first lie, first mask. And that is, I am. Let's look at chapter four of Luke. Chapter four of Luke, verse one. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those 40 days, and at the end of that, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, then tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Here's the first mask, first lie we believe, and that is, I am what I do. The sum total of your identity is I am what I do. If you're the son of God, Satan says, the attack is about his identity. Who are you? Where do you find it? Tell this stone to become bread. Understand Jesus hasn't done anything in 30 years. How many of you are 30 years or younger? And how many of you feel like I haven't accomplished Jack? Yeah. Here's the Messiah, the Son of God. In 30 years, he hasn't done anything. And Satan says, It's about time. Don't you want people to know that you're special? Don't you want people to know that you're the Messiah? Do something. Do you know how often I have coffee with people in their 20s? And you know what they say? They go, Pastor Peter, I went to such and such school. And I look at my friends and where they're at in their careers. I'm such a loser. They actually don't say that but that's kind of what they're saying. How many of you guys compare yourselves with stage of life that other people are in that you went to school with and you go, what's wrong with me? How many of you are sitting You're struggling this morning with why am I not further in my career? Why am I further in my vocation? Why am I not further in whatever? And the reason why this haunts us because and this is a no-brainer, it's not even that, it's not even that, that, that Insightful we live in a culture where our worth is measured by our productivity who we are is what we do How many of you take on projects and positions just to prove that you can do it? How many of us define success in ways it doesn't even reflect who we are what we want in life and why we're here? Do you know what the worst thing for some of us is? You become really successful really early on. Do you know why? Because the sum total of who you are now is defined by what I've accomplished, what I've done. If you get obsessed with success, you will forget how to live. The worst thing that could happen to some of us is we experience success early on and our entire identity is wrapped around what I've done, what I have, what degree I have, what job I have. Is this you, child of God? Is this you, child of God? Do these words reflect you? Accomplish, acquire, collapse, repeat. Accomplish as much as I can so that I can acquire things that I don't really need and I collapse from burnout and, oh, no, I haven't learned my lesson yet, so repeat. What good is it if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul? Is your success putting your soul in danger? Some quick questions, really quick. Be honest. Do these words, questions relate to you? If I don't do as much as I possibly can, I'll never make it in life. If I don't do as much as I possibly can, I'm going to fall behind. If I don't do as much as I possibly can, I won't be successful. What does that even mean, success? Who defines it? How do you define it? If I don't do as much as possible I can, I won't be acceptable. By whom? By whom? If I don't do as much as I possibly can, I'll disappoint them. Who is them? Who is them? If I don't do as much as I possibly can, I won't measure up. To who? To who? Here's a sermon point, short and straight to the point. Don't hustle for your worth, ever. can I get an amen your worth is not something you negotiate (laughs) I was walking around going my worth is negotiable anybody want to barter my worth give me stuff too so I can't know what what people your worth is not something you negotiate why do we do that why do we do that This is why disciplines of silence and solitude, which I'm going to be preaching about, is so hard for us. Silence and solitude, have you ever done it? It feels completely unproductive. You sit there and you are not doing anything because you're trusting that God is doing everything. Silence and solitude. Same thing with formative prayer. Do you know why we struggle with prayer? Because we live in such a performance-oriented culture that anything that seems unproductive or I can't achieve just doesn't feel like. But true forming prayer will feel like it's unproductive or there isn't immediate feedback. But I'll tell you what's happening in that furnace. You are being shaped in the form of your of your Lord Jesus. You are being shaped. I am what I do. Real quick, for some of us this morning, the mask we're tempted to wear is I am what I did. That is our past. Let me be real quick here. Some of us walked in here this morning, and we are told by the enemy, you are the sum total of your past mistakes. Remember that night? Remember those things? And we believe, and there's guilt condemnation. There's all kinds of things we carry around us, and we are tempted to define who we are by the past mistakes. I'm going to say the gospel right here and right now. The gospel says in Christ, you are not defined by your past, but Jesus' past. The gospel says, you are not defined by your poor performance, but the performance of Christ. You are not accepted based on what you have done or haven't done. You are accepted based on the, based on the performance of Christ. And in Christ, we are blameless, righteous, holy, perfect, and acceptable. Can I get an amen? amen. Have you claimed the truth of that, child? Have you claimed the truth of that? The second temptation... Verse 5, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in in an instant all the kingdoms of the world and he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it'll be all yours. But Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here's a second lie mask and that is I am what I have. Can you imagine? all the kingdoms of the world Athens Rome Corinth Egypt and Satan says you could have all this if you bow down and worship me the temptation is to ultimately find your identity sense of worth and value from what we have can I just ask you a question how many of us grew up in households where our parents live beyond their means nobody am I the only one okay 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 how many of us lived in a culture where people drove cars they couldn't afford, lived in houses they couldn't, just to give an image that they were better off than they actually were? You, you don't think this seeps into your bones? You don't think you're affected by this? So let me ask you a question. Why do you wanna live in that neighborhood? Why do you wanna get into those social circles? Why do you wanna pay that much on that house? Why spend that money on your car? Why do you want to go to that grad school? Why do you want to get that degree? Oh, here's this. How generous are you? How much you spend on yourself? How much you spend on God's kingdom work? Is it about status? Is it about approval? Is it about worth? What is it? What is it? Can I give you homework? Can I give you homework? I don't have time, because I don't want to preach for like an hour, so I'm going to give you homework. Meditate on this passage this upcoming week. Psalm 115, 2. This is one of my favorite. Why did the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths, but they can't speak. Eyes, but can't see. They have ears, but they can't hear. Noses, but they can't smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. Feet, but cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats for sake. Meditimate on this. Those who make them will be like them. And so all who worship them. Those who make them will be like them. And all those who put their trust in him. Here is a sermon point. You be what you worship. Luke 11, story of Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man doesn't have a name. It's just Lazarus. Why? Because that's all he is. He's just a rich guy. What are you becoming? What do you worship? Third temptation, Luke 9, chapter 4, verse 9. Then the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he'll command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully, and they will lift you up into their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. The third temptation and the hardest one for me, it is what? I am what other people think. Throw yourself down, Jesus. Highest place, publicly, why? Because then everybody will see it and think you're the Messiah, isn't that what you want? And the third temptation is I live my life based on what my boss thinks of me, what my wife thinks of me, what my husband thinks of me, what my people think of me, what my friends think of me. We allow people to name us and define us instead of naming our own truth. I'm gonna put this sermon point up here. I want all of us to say it together. Here we go, ready? Next, honoring God's ways, say it with me, ready? Honoring God's ways and living for man's awe are incompatible life motivation. Longing for human approval. Longing for human affirmation is not in itself sinful. It's living for that longing that turns sinful. Every single one of us, I don't care who you are, we all want to feel valued and needed. But it's just like a short spoon in a tall glass. Man's affirmation will never get to the bottom. It'll never get to the bottom. Why? Because the only person that gets to the bottom of that soul's longing is who? Is God. So when God's affirmation seems insufficient and you are tempted to live based on what other people think, we remind ourselves, say it with me, honoring God, say it with me, honoring God's ways and living for man's all are incompatible life motivation. Question, whose affirmation are you living for? Whose applause matters the most to you? When God's affirmation and validation seems as sufficient, we anchor ourselves on God's truth and we remind ourselves God's ways and living for man's all are incompatible. I ground myself in the reality that the gospel tells me that I have all the acceptance and affirmation I could possibly want. What could all the attention and affirmation of the world possibly deliver anybody with this third one say yes if you do if you want to be different you want to take this mask off I have a warning for you that is you're going to disappoint a lot of people here's the thing though if you're committed to taking this mask off you could either choose discomfort for a moment or you could resentment forever let me say that again You commit to living this mask off, you will either choose discomfort for a moment or you could choose resentment forever. Brené Brown says this, boundary people are the most compassionate people. You think people that are the most compassionate, people who who can't say no, oh yes, I'll do that for you, oh yes, it's burning me out, I can't, oh yes, 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 those people I found are the most resentful people in the world. Boundary people are people who've learned to say, no, I can't do that. No, I don't have time for that. No, that's not okay. And are able to walk free. How many of us are sitting here because you are addicted to people approval? And everybody thinks you're the nicest person in the world. But there's some anger resentment there. There's some anger resentment. Don't look at your spouse. I'm, looking, I'm talking to you talking to you don't don't turn to your husband no no I'm talking to you how much of us are walking around with anger and resentment and the only person you have to blame is who because you can't say no by the way you do know I'm preaching to myself this morning right so no you don't have to sit there self-righteous and go well why don't you do it I'm working on it (laughs) do you know how often Jesus disappointed people in the Gospels gospels people are going oh man oh man what constantly my translation by the way Jesus is constantly disappointing people there is a mini revival in the town of Capernaum because of what he's done people are going nuts and saying oh my gosh he's amazing and what does Jesus do like what he always did he's like I'm out of here (laughs) where are you going I'd be alone with the father why because listen what Mark says, chapter one, verse 30, Jesus replied, let's bounce. (laughs) Let us go somewhere else is what he says. Come on, okay. To the nearby villages so I can preach there also. Do you know what Jesus is doing? He is living faithful to his true identity. He refuses to let other people name him. He says, I don't really care about what you think is God's will for my life. I am centered. I'm grounded. I know what I'm doing. And Jesus is constantly disappointing people going, that's what you want from me. That's not what God wants from me. Questions? I promise these are the last sets of questions for today. Are you overcommitted? A, there's such an, a general sweeping question that every single person here is yes. Second question, do you need something from your whoever such that it controls you? Why? why do we, why do we let people to control us by giving that much power to them? Why? See see is this hard? It is. Third, are you always second-guessing decisions because of what others might think? How many you did that this week? Should I have done that? Should I have done Should I have done that? Should I do have done that? Do you get easily embarrassed? Do you lie? Are you envious of other people? Three lies, Three masks. Remember, there's a challenge coming at the end, so I need you to think for a moment right now. Where am I? Who am I? What do I struggle with? What mask am I wearing? What did I come here polishing this morning? I polish the sucker every day, Peter. Before I go to work, I polish. Oh, shiny! I am what I do, and what I have, and what other people think. How do you how do you take this off? How do you get these masks off? Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. We have a choice. You can live out of your true self or live with false self. It's possible, but in order to in order to silence the seductive voices that are pounding on the door of our hearts, Henry Nowen, these seductive voices that are pounding on the door of our hearts. I am what I do. Achieve. Perform, who has time to rest. I am what I have. My degrees, my letters at, the la- letters at the end of my last name, where I live, what I do. I am what other people think. Don't disappoint them. Don't let them down. Don't How do you say no to these voices? By the way, can I just say, for some of us that are in their 50s and 60s, you know what I find? Our struggle isn't what I do, what I have, what I, other people think. I find that older of us, our struggle is what I've failed to do. And what I still don't have. And believe it or not, as you get older, the negative things people say. How do you overcome these seductive voices? Can I just ask, do you want to overcome these seductive voices? How did Jesus do it? By the way, can I just say this? It's this obvious. Think about the offer of Satan to Jesus is What? You could have all of this without suffering and death. You could have the crown without the cross. How many of us would sign up for that? Because right now, some of us are experiencing many deaths and many suffering. We're like, I don't want it! Jesus, offer. He could have all of it, no suffering, no death. And he said, no. Do you know why? Because if there had been no cross, where would we be? He thought of you. He thought of me. He thought of us. do you overcome these seductive voices you will never hear the gentle voice of your family father if you don't know how to slow down and be quiet I'm going to say it again if your life is one in which you don't know what it's like to slow down and be quiet you will never hear the voice of your father I'm going to say it one more time If you don't know how to slow down and be quiet, you will not hear the voice of your father. Here's what Jesus heard. (laughs) This happens in Luke 3, before the temptation narrative, last chapter, chapter 3 at the end, 21 as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven said, you are my son. You are my son. And oh, Jesus receives his identity. Let me say that again. Jesus receives his identity. Identity is not something we create. It's received as a gift let me say it again identity I choose identity is that something we create our culture of course says it's yours to create it perform do the uh, identity is something that we are told we need to create and the Bible says your identity comes from heaven it comes from above let me ask you a question that go that sounds stupid in a culture that says identity is something we create are we more secure Are we more loving? Are we more generous? Are we more compassionate? Are we more kind? How many of you are sitting out there trying to create and form who you are? The only way that Jesus comes to know who he is is he knows who his father is. It's in relationship to his father that Jesus comes to realization of who he is. There is no knowing of yourself apart from knowing who God is. You can't ask the question, who am I, without first and foremost going, who is what? Who is God? Why are you sitting out there? Why am I out there, blood, sweat, and tears, trying to create identity for ourselves? What we failed to realize, Colossians 1, we have been created by him and for him. Without God at the center, you are lost. You are lost. I am lost. For seven months... <laughs> For seven months, I went on a journey of anchoring myself in who God is. And it's only when I could do that that I get clarity about who I am. And then he says, my favorite words, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Verse 23, and now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he what? When he what? Began. In other words, he hadn't done anything yet. No sermons preached, no miracles, no healing, nothing. Jesus has not done no performance, no possessions, no popularity. And yet the voice from heaven is, you are my son. I love you. I am pleased with you. I delight in you. How many of you need to hear that this morning? YOU NEED TO HEAR THAT MORE THAN ANYTHING ELSE. DO YOU NOTICE THAT THE WORDS THAT ARE GIVEN TO JESUS, FIRST AND foremost ARE NOT DIRECTIONAL. GOD'S FIRST WORDS OF JESUS ISN'T, GO HERE. HOW MANY OF YOU GUYS SITTING HERE THIS MORNING ARE FRUSTRATED BECAUSE YOU'RE WAITING TO HEAR GOD GO, TELL ME WHERE TO GO? THE WORDS OF JESUS, or Jesus ARE NOT, THEY'RE ALSO NOT INSTRUCTIONAL. DO THIS. HOW MANY OF YOU ARE GOING, GOD GIVE ME A MISSION, WHAT DO YOU WANT ME TO DO? That's not what Jesus hears. The first words he hears are what? Relational. That is, you're my son. Do you know why you walked in here this morning? There's a major disconnect with you and God because you're consumed with, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And God's going, you know what's first and foremost on my mind? I need you to know that I love you. You need to hear I love you from your heavenly father more than anything. Let me just break this down real quick, one more time. How can you possibly be open and receptive to God's direction for your life when you don't trust Him? How can you possibly be open to God's direction when you're not receptive to what He might say? How do you become receptive to what He might say? You need to ultimately lean in and trust in the goodness and love of your Father and experience it. If you do not experience the goodness and the love of your Heavenly Father, it would be virtually impossible to take the first step towards finding direction, which is, God, I am receptive to you because I believe that your will and your ways are truer and more life-flourishing than anything I might choose. Secondly, it's not about do this. How many of us are consumed with God, what mission do you have for my life? Sermon point, you cannot give what you don't have. What do I mean? How can you possibly share the love of Christ with someone when you have yet to experience that love for yourself? How do you live out the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, when you have yet to experience unconditional love of the Heavenly Father for yourself? How do you give what you don't have? How do you give what you don't have? How do you give what you don't have? Maya Angelou is one of her favorite quotes. It's like an African proverb. Don't trust someone. Don't trust a naked man who offers you a shirt, something like that. I found this to be a powerful quote. Why? She's basically saying, when someone says, I love you, I love you, and they have yet to experience and encounter love for themselves, how do you believe what they say? Do you know why I say this? I love the passion around justice and activism of this generation, but do you know what I see a lot? I see burnout. I see self-righteousness. I see anger. They're not Jesus. How do you share the love of Christ with someone when you've had to experience that love yourself? Here's how I wanna to end today. CC, please come on up. What you need more than anything. What I need more than anything. I am telling you, I am telling you. Can everybody just look up for a second? What you need more than anything. What I need more than anything this morning. I am telling you, I am telling you, I am telling you is not direction for your life. That'll come. It's not instruction to do something. It is to hear the voice of your heavenly father because the only way that the seductive voices that are pounding on the door of your heart, you are what you do, you are what you have, you are what other people think, the only way that those voices will be silenced is if you could hear, because you slow down enough and you're quiet enough, the gentle voice of your heavenly father saying, Nate, I love you you're my son, I can't stop thinking about you, Susie, you're my daughter, I love you, I can't stop thinking about you, I delight in you, Charles, you're my son, I love you with an everlasting love, I can't stop thinking about you, Sarah, I love you, I can't stop thinking about you. I love you, whenever I think of you, my love, my heart swells with love and a smile comes on my face. Can you hear the voice of your heavenly Father saying, you're my child in whom I love, I am pleased. Some of us came in here this morning and we have some decisions to make but we're tired of waiting on God's timing. The temptation to go, my way and my time is really strong. I want you to think for a moment this morning about how much of your unhappiness, my unhappiness this morning, is as a result of what I don't have, what I can't do, and what other people say. Think about what ails you this morning and think about how much of that is what I don't have what I can't do and what other people think. I'm going to ask you to be bold this morning because we are a community, a family. That means we don't struggle alone. We don't struggle in isolation. We don't struggle in secrecy. And I want to pray something over you, but I want us to do it together. If your struggle and the mask and the lie that you believe is I am what I do, stand up. If this is your primary struggle, stand up. Really? Okay. I guess there's going to be a wave at the third one. So we'll wait for you. Okay. Church family, I need you to open up. I need you to see your family. Can you put that slide up, please? For those of us that believe this, I am what I do, here's what you need to hear. You're my beloved. So I need those of you that are sitting around the people that are standing to get up, put your arm around them. Put your arm around them. Put your arm around them real quick we're not going to take long because we have to get through two more real quick real quick real quick get around them and here's what you simply need to do for the next 15 30 seconds or so i just need you to simply put your arm around them okay and i need you to just say the following words i'm, I'm literally going to tell you what to say you could you could kind of you know the ad edit but you need to say this you need to say that god reminds you this morning you are his beloved So say that right now for the next 15, 30 seconds. Just just on that son, on that daughter. God reminds you this morning you are his beloved. God reminds you this morning that you are his beloved. God reminds you this morning that you're his beloved. God reminds you this morning that you're his beloved. God reminds you this morning that you're his beloved. God reminds you this morning that you're his beloved. God reminds you this morning that you are his beloved. God reminds you this morning that you are his beloved. Those of you that are standing in the next two, three, five seconds, hear that and say, God, may it be true. God, let me claim it. God, may I claim it. God, may I claim it. Claim that truth. I'm going claim that truth. i to claim that truth. I'm going to claim that truth. I want to claim that you Prayer doesn't end here even though our official time I want you to walk out of here continue to pray that for yourself as your brothers and sisters pray on you now secondly if everybody can sit please second line I am what I have can those of us stand up those of us stand up I am what I have I am what I have you believe this lie you believe this I have this mask come on come on I am what I have anybody anybody this is instilled in some of us from our childhood our family of origin I am what I have Get around, please. Get around those. Get around those. You see them, okay? That us stand next to them. And the words that we want to pray over them is, "My pleasure over you is all you need." We pray for them. Say, "God's pleasure over you is all you need." God's pleasure over you is all you need. 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 Yeah, child, God's. Over you is all you need. God's pleasure over you is all you need. God's pleasure over you is all you need. God's pleasure over you is all. God's pleasure over you. And for you that are standing, say, Your pleasure over me is all I need. 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 We continue that prayer. And third, thank you, if you can sit, third, for those of us that believe the third lie, I am what other people think, stand up, please. Come on. Come on, stand up from your seats. Stand up from your seats. Church family of God. Worship team, if you guys come on up, you close. Those of you that are sitting next to our brothers and sisters, can you stand up? Put your arms around them. Because what they need to be reminded, not just right now, but all the days of their lives is this truth. You belong to me. You belong to me. You belong to me. And you need to pray for the next 15, 30 seconds. You belong to God. 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 And pray that for that brother. Pray that for that sister. You belong to God. 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 You belong to God, child of God. You belong to Him. You belong to Him. You belong to Him. And those of you that are standing, I belong to you. I belong to you. I belong to you. I belong to you have along to you can you all stand together church right now as we close in this last song stand up it's time to stop polishing that mask it's time to put that mask aside it's not gonna be easy nor does it happen overnight it may take weeks months some of us years but the journey begins your journey began two minutes ago when you stood up to acknowledge and say i am aware of the mask i am aware of the lie